for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. Hope everybody's having a great day. It is December 1st. I never thought I'd be able to say that, and we'd still be under lockdown and dealing with everything that we've been going through. But it is December 1st, 25 days until Christmas, my personal favorite holiday. But, you know, it is what it is. And it is also Giving Tuesday. We are launching our 25 days of cheer. Uh, we are doing a fundraising effort for the Children's Miracle Network throughout all of our podcasts. We will be um, using it as a vehicle to fundraise for the Children's Miracle Network. So that being said, today we have a very special guest. We have Lyra Starr. How's it going today, Lyra? It's going pretty well, all things considered. Thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's like it's it's funny because when we first started talking, it was like it, it was just kind of like crazy things going on, and then I pointed out, well, at least California is no longer on fire, and I it know. was like trying to find the positive things. And I mean, we really do. it really is important to focus on the positive things right now because there are you know there are positive things happening. Um, and I do think in a lot of ways that this lockdown has made people sort of like reflect upon things in their lives and connect, you know, do some inner work and connect to themselves, whether they realize it or not. I mean, time in isolation is going to bring about probably, you know, some positive things here and there. So yep, absolutely. Um, but and just much- appreciating having, you know, time and space, even just to rest yep. but from our busy much- lives. But too much isolation could be a bad thing. Like, completely. oh yeah, no, I'm definitely. Don't get me wrong. I have made exceptions and I have gone out to see friends and stuff because yeah, I live by myself and I'm like, this is bullshit. Like, yeah, excuse me, but it is. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. You even for someone like myself that's a huge introvert, this is too much. It's too. Yeah. It gets to a point where humans need other humans, and you yeah. really need that connection. It's funny you said that because I've always considered myself rather introverted. And when we went into lockdown, I was like, okay, cool. Like I won't be pressured to feel like I have to go out or I have to go do things. And that was cool for about three weeks. And then it was like, (laughs) maybe I'm not as introverted as I thought I was. Or well, maybe- I just don't. Yeah, no, I think it's, I think humans really do need other, even though some of us are more, like inclined to spend time by ourselves, we still need connection. And when you're being forced to not connect with others, it's like, dude, I want to be alone when I choose to be alone. Like, I don't want to be told that I have to like be by myself all the time, 24 seven, it's hard. (laughs) Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But, um, so first off, I want to thank you so much for giving us the time to sit down and chat. Um, I'm really excited to learn about your new single, Dropping Friday. I just had one of those oh crap moments Friday. Yeah. I know. (laughs) Oh, but I'm really- It's okay. It snuck up on me too. Even though I've been promoting it for weeks, I'm still like, oh my God, it's here. It's like coming out in a few days. (laughs) Absolutely. But um, so for the people that are new to Live and Amplified or maybe didn't catch the last time we had you on for the We Are Live stream- um can you kind of uh give people in your origin story what got you into music and like a little bit of a background about yourself sure um so i was born and raised in nashville so i already kind of grew up in a music city i guess it is called music city um and i started uh, i started doing uh songwriting i dabbled in songwriting and composition a little bit when i was in high school and college uh, but i didn't really start seriously pursuing it until um probably about uh six years ago maybe five or six years ago when i was living in uh the bay area and i just like picked up or i don't know if it was my i think it was my guitar actually i picked up my guitar and i was just like i need to like 
start writing songs again. Like it's just something in me had like, I had lost a connection to like my own, like doing that, dabbling in composition and composing. Uh, and then it just kind of escalated from there. Like I played my first open mic night and it was a terrible, like horrifying experience and my voice was shaking and I was like, oh, but something in me told me I need to keep going. I was like, I need to keep, I like, I have things to say. Like, I feel like my way of expression is through music um, and now through movement, because I'm also a contortionist mm -hmm. and I'm really as an artist working to combine those two things. Um, but anyways, I just kept going from there and I released my first album, my full length, first full length album in 2018. Um, and right after I released that, I decided to move to LA and kind of try to more seriously pursue uh, my music career because I felt like that I was I'm very proud of the album. It's a collection of 10 songs. Um, it took me a little over a year to complete. Um, and I just felt, I was like, these are good songs. Like I have something good going on here. And I just really want to kind of move to a place where I can see where it goes, like, where there's a bit more going on. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my background. Um, and then I'm also a contortionist. I'm a yoga and Pilates and te Pilates teacher as well. So those are the, that's the other thing that I came to LA to do. Um, so I've just kind I of had my been dabbling in a bunch of different things. <laughs> I must admit, I didn't know you were a contortionist until we had you on last time. And then I yeah. started seeing your videos pop up. And who who did I have on the podcast shortly after you that you did like a contortionist video to one of their songs? I can't remember who it was though. Oh, Danny. Danny. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Is, does she go by, what is, is, is that her stage name too? Does she go by Danny? I can't remember. I think it's Queen. Was the, the name of the song was Queen. Yeah, there you go. Yep, that's exactly who it is. Yep. Yeah, she sent me a message and asked if I would do it. And then she ended up wanting to use it for like promo stuff. And I just did like a little like 30 second reel um, doing it to one of her songs. So yeah, doing some contor contortion moves, but yeah, that was fun. It, it's really interesting how small the world really is like especially in the music industry on the independent level where it's like there's been several times where stuff like that's happened where it's like I have somebody on the podcast and they mentioned something and then a week later that person that they had mentioned pops up on the podcast for whatever right. yeah so it's yeah it's really interesting um but yeah no your the contortion videos are really cool really fun to watch your music's really good, and I'm really excited about your new single that you have coming out. But first thing, we'll get to that here in a minute. First thing I want to touch on is you're one of the very many people, I'm assuming, that leave Nashville. That Because, <laughs> you know, it, it's, always, it's always funny. Whenever I talk to somebody from Nashville, they're never from Nashville. They're, they always move there. So I've always been uh -huh. curious where, like, all the Nashville natives go. <laughs> Because I've ne like, I've never met. Or I shouldn't say never. I've only met like a handful of native Nashville Nashvilleians. Yeah. That um. Yeah. So I was like I said, I was born and raised there. Mm -hmm. So I lived there my entire life, like all the way up through high school. And I really just wanted to get out and see different places. Like for me, I wasn't even doing music when I was in, like when I graduated high school and I was getting ready to go to college, like I was just like, I play ultimate Frisbee and I paint and I do art, you know? And like, I love to listen to music, but I wasn't pursuing it as like, I had no, yeah. That wasn't my thing. So it's yeah. not like I was going to stay in Nashville to try to pursue that. So I actually went to college in Minnesota for a year and it was awful. And I was like, I hate it here. Uh, and then I took a year right? off, took a year off. And then I went out to, I finished my undergrad in, um, in near LA, actually at Pitzer College, which mm -hmm. is in Claremont. It's like an hour outside of Los Angeles. And then I went and then I moved to Portland, Oregon for a few years. And then I was in the Bay Area for like eight years. And then I decided to come to LA. But I did think about moving back to Nashville. I did actually go back to Nashville for like 10 days just to kind of like feel it out and see if I, you know, my music stuff felt if I felt like I could be successful there. But I've been on the West Coast for so long now, yeah. and I'm just really kind of used to the lifestyle out here. And like, yeah. Nashville's pretty progressive, but it's still the South. And it's just like, it's just a different beast. And it's also yeah. like, 
I feel like the music scene there, it's just a little bit different. I feel like LA has a more eclectic music scene to some degree. And yeah. Nashville is also full of a lot of people that are really trying to like write the next hit song. Like there's a lot of people that are really heavy into like writing the songs and they might not even be writing them to perform them. They might be just writing them to like, I want someone to buy my song and perform it. And like, I don't care, you know, but they're like constantly like grinding out songs. Um, like I, I remember going to one of the writers nights and this guy was like, yeah, I wrote like three songs today. This is one of them. And I was like, holy crap. You know, I was like, oh my God, like my songs come when they come. And sometimes I'll start one and I won't finish it for like months. Cause it like, I'll just leave it for a while, you know? Yes. So yeah. it's just very interesting. Um, and I just didn't, I just felt like, and LA was an easier move from the Bay area. Cause I just had to drive South. And I also thought I would miss the ocean if I went back to Nashville. So yeah. Um, but I think it would have been different had I been a more serious like artist when I lived in Nashville. Like maybe it would have been different. Maybe I would have been more inclined to stay. But I'm also kind of adventuresome and I like to travel and see the world. So I don't know. I just wanted to get out of the place that I had been yeah, for my absolutely. entire life. <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting because it's like Nashville is very industry driven, it seems like. Yeah. Like they're set up for the peep for like I don't, I don't want to use the word tourist musicians where they just kind of come through to because they want to record in Nashville. They're kind of set up in that way. Whereas LA is kind of like where the industry is at for the most part. I like, I don't know. It, it's interesting the similarities, but the complete differences between LA and Nashville. Yeah. And I do know people that come, like, I actually have a friend named William who's a fantastic musician and he just, he left Nashville to come. He had been in Nashville for years doing music and he ended up coming out to LA and he was like, yeah, Nashville just wasn't working for what I was doing anymore. So, um, yeah. And I think it works. Yeah. Like I do, I know quite a few musicians that moved from Nashville after being there for a while, pursuing music and then moved to LA. But I think it also happens the other way too. Like people get sick of LA and they end up going to Nashville or they go to like Austin or New York. It's like those yeah. four cities. You know, and it's, I think it just kind of has to do with where you're from and people get sick of places, you know, like yeah. if you're not from there and you're not used to it, you know, it, it, it just, it, different strokes for different folks, I guess. It's true. Yeah. It's very true. Yeah. And I mean, also, I'm not a country artist. And I think people that are really heavy, like country or folk, mm -hmm. like their music's going to do, it's got maybe more of a chance to thrive in Nashville, because there's a bigger scene for that. I mean, there's a lot of variety of music there. But I just feel like LA kind of has a more like, broad yeah. range yeah. in general. Absolutely. And I mean, LA, obviously wide range, but I think Nashville's also starting to grow. Like, I, there's several musicians that would freak out knowing that somebody that Nashville is still carrying that stigma of just country music you know it's not that I mean I, I don't think that it is I, yeah. I fully understand like their, their music scene is much broader yeah but it, it, there is still there oh, is still like when I went to the writers nights and stuff that was still a lot of the music that was yeah, being played from the writers so th that can't be argued like you go to the you go to any writers round or anything it's still 95 percent country yeah or very blues I mean there's a lot of blues there too but um yeah you just don't see a lot of like stuff that's pushing those edges yeah. as as much so to speak so absolutely absolutely so let's talk about your new single it is dropping friday what is yes. what's kind of the story behind the single what's the name of the single you know all that all that fun stuff so the single is called light and um the story behind the song i mean it's a little bit it's basically so i I mean, I guess I kind of dabbled in this a little bit with my last single, Broken, but I feel like Light's a little bit more hopeful. It's kind of about falling for someone at the wrong time mm -hmm. and just recognizing that this is not right. And like, you know, it's just so interesting, the people that the universe chooses to have come into your life. And it's like, they sort of like weave in and out at different points in time. And it's like, you have this connection, but it's the timing's not right. And so it's kind of about that, but then it's also about, I don't know, for myself, I'm a very positive person. And it's really hard for me, like I've always found it hard in like relationships of any kind to just firmly like close the door and just be like, get out, 
like, especially if I feel that there's some sort of inner connection. And so like the last lyric line is I'll always leave a light on for you because I feel like a lot of times I can close the door, but like, there's always that little like bit of hope in mm -hmm. me that like, okay, maybe we'll reconnect at another time in our yeah. lives, you know, when the timing is more appropriate. And it may never happen, but it's still about kind of like leaving that little, you know, just having that little bit of hope always. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the story behind the song. And then I'm just super stoked on the production with it too, because I feel, I, I describe it as Sigur Rós meets uh, Lana Del Rey. Okay. So it's like, it's sort of this epic, like beautiful, um, yeah, it's got that. So I don't know if you're familiar with Sigur at all, but they do these very like epic, like ballads with like strings and but it's like electronic too. Um, and then just the vocals are very like vibrant and reverby and kind of like what Lana Del Rey does, but it's sort of like a melding of those two. Um, and I'm just, yeah, I'm very excited to release it. I feel, I feel like it's probably like my best, it's my last release of the year. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it's probably my most like epic one. Like I'm very, very excited about it. I would say, yeah, it's probably your last release of the year, unless you just have something that unless someone unless i'm gonna crank something out like right at the very end but um but i was pretty determined to get this song out before the end of 2020 mm. i mean i you know i could have just like waited mm -hmm. because i know a lot of like industry people are like don't ever release music and from like mid-november to mid-january like not a good time as far as like press and all of that stuff but i was like you know what bucket like 2020 threw everything out the window i was like oh, there's you know no what? rules anymore like we That's as artists be releasing way. stuff like it doesn't matter you know yeah. and i was like yeah maybe i won't get as much press about it because it's you know right around the holidays but then you know what i'm not going home for the holidays for the first time ever this year yeah. and i just i just feel like we as artists we have to just keep like we release the music like <laughs> release it when you're you know feeling inspired to release it and I think people right now because there is more you know everyone's more isolated mm. it's nice to have something beautiful to listen to so that but you know it's that mid-november to mid-january thing is so old school yeah it, it's like you've got hundreds of outlets that 90 percent of them operate from right where we're at from our living room like that's where I operate out of. That's where half of my friends that do music reviews, write articles, you know, whatever. Yeah. They, they don't go into any sort of formal office. And even as somebody that works like my regular nine to five job, I work in the media, I work for a TV station right now. We're starving for things to talk about. We're starving for like stories and stuff like that. Like, I know that's a little, we wouldn't really push and promote uh, music, but we're still a media outlet and we're still looking for those stories just because of the time of the year. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know where that idea came from back in the day, but. I don't either. I just, I, I was in this little community of like writers and like people, you know, other artists and someone said that and I just kind of rolled my eyes. I was like, well, I'm going to release a song. I don't care. <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I, I totally get it. Um, yeah. And I think if you're like, if you do like, I don't have a ton of press about it, but I have some articles. I actually have an exclusive premiere that's coming out on Thursday. So if people are really stoked on it and they want to hear the song early, they can go to this one um, website to hear it. Um, but yeah, you know, I've got some press coming and I'm probably going to try to get some playlisting going for it um, when it comes out. And I think stuff like that is really just the best, like just do the best that you can. And yeah. How, how long have you been uh, working on this single? Um, so I actually recorded it way back in the spring. Okay. Um, I recorded, so when I recorded Broken, I was also, um, the guy that did all the production work on Broken was also wanting to help me out with this song. So he had the cellist play cello parts for like both songs. Um, he had a drummer come in and play drums for both songs, like all of this stuff. But I was mostly trying to just focus on Broken because I was like, I can't, in my brain like think about these two at the same time but i recorded them all like i did i tracked all the vocals and all the parts um right around the same time so in the spring 
Um, and then after Broken was done, I just, I ended up going, I just had a different vision as far as production goes for this single. Um, I just really think with my style of music, the electronic production and the vibes and the reverb and the sounds and like all of that is very important. And um, this producer really likes to work with just like real instruments. He doesn't enjoy, he doesn't like digital production yeah. essentially. And I was like, I don't think this is gonna work. So I ended up taking all of the, you know, all of the parts that had already been recorded to my, the guy, the producer that did my album in the Bay area. Um, I've actually taken another song to him as well, Beautiful Ride, to like fix it, so to say. But he does a great job with production and he gets my style and my vibe. And I sent him some reference tracks and, you know, he came, you know, he did just, he just did a great job. Uh, but it did take a while to kind of figure out because I had to go through a process of like letting go of this other producer and being like, look, this isn't working. Like I have to take this in another direction because I have a different vision for it. Um, and it's hard, you know, because sometimes, it, industry professionals or producers will say, well, let me just do my job. Like I know what I'm doing, but my vision as an artist, like my opinion as an artist is until I'm on a record label, like until I've got somebody that's paying me the big bucks, like if they're paying me big bucks, big bucks, go ahead, do whatever you want with the song. Like you can sound how you want it, you know, but it, until then I'm an independent artist and I want to have a say so in the way it sounds. Uh, so that was important to me. And so I just, you know, I chose to take it in a different, different direction. Um, and, you know, probably ended up spending a bit more money on it than I would have liked to, but I'm really, really excited with the way it turned out. So yeah, it took a very a long, it was like months, you know, I yeah. mean, of getting it ready to go yeah. to release. So Gotcha, gotcha. And uh, so what's kind of the plan moving forward with this single? Are you working towards another album or are you kind of just riding the single wave right now? Uh, I think I'm riding a single wave right now. I I mean, I know sometimes artists, what they'll do is they'll release like a bunch of singles and then they'll compile it into like one EP or something. Yep. Um, I don't know if I'm going to do that or not. I'm kind of enjoying releasing one song at a time. I feel like a lot of artists are doing that right now. Um, and I almost think that's like a better, I just feel like people have short attention spans too. And sometimes focusing on one song at a time is like easier for people in general. Um, so yeah, I'm just kind of writing a single wave. I am, I am having, I am going to release a music video for an older song from okay. my album in January because I feel like there a lot of the songs from that album didn't get proper attention and now I have a better idea of like how to you know get some press and do all of that so I actually uh, shot a music video for one of my older songs that I'm going to release in January as like my first release for 2021 nice. uh, but yeah I think I'm just going to continue with a single wave I'm already working on my next single that will come out um, after this and I really want to do a music video for this for light like I really, I have a vision in my mind and I know it's going to cost money to do it. Like if, if I really want to do does. it, I'm, I'm, but I like, I definitely like have a vision for, you know, like what, I don't know. I've been really inspired lately by FKA Twigs. I don't know if you know her, but she's like, she used to be a modern dancer and she does okay. like pole dance and stuff, but she does what I want to do like her music videos are these like gorgeous works of art that's like her original song but then it's her doing these beautiful movements to her own music and I'm like that's what I want to be doing like she's found ways to incorporate what she does with her body and into her video and it's just like these beautiful works of art um I just recently started kind of like tuning into her someone had told me about her a while ago and then I just recently I was over at my friends for Thanksgiving and we were watching a bunch of her videos and I was like whoa and I just got super inspired and my brain wheels started working and I mean obviously she's a well she's a much well-known artist and you have to have like big budgets to do what she does with her videos but still it's inspiration, you know? So I it got my wheels turning and it made me really think about um, what could be potentially really cool to do for a music video for light. So fingers crossed. Uh, and also so it's just hard to even create art right now because of just everything's so weird. And it's like some people are working and some people aren't working because of COVID. And if you do it, you have to do it safely and people have to be wearing masks and it's just a whole, you know, and sometimes like a makeup, like there's some makeup artists that are working and some that aren't, it's just, it's just kind of hard to put together crews for stuff because it's like, we're just living in weird times. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you know, <laughs> it like just it the, the okay. So there's two things that I want to touch on that you brought up. We'll we'll stick with the music video because that was the for, uh, the most recent thing. Doing a music video for an older song actually makes a lot of sense, especially in this time right now where you're not out playing gigs and maybe the song just kind of got lost in the shuffle of the algorithm of Spotify or iTunes or whatever by re, re by essentially re-releasing it through a music video you're giving it a second life yeah and I do con it's a contortion video as well and that's what I want to do from now on with all my videos is incorporate that in because people really enjoy watching that and so I just think it's a great way for me to um yeah get both both of my artistic things out there um and yeah and i think it is i think it is a good way to, for any artist to bring attention to an older song that you know when i released that album i just had no experience with anything i did work with a management company but it was hard for them to get much press for me because i was so unknown at the time like mm -hmm. i had like no social media and i was yeah. just like i'm releasing this thing like i'm a school teacher but you know it was just it was you know now i feel like i'm a little bit more um established and I've worked with a few press outlets in the past and I feel confident that I can like like you for example like I sent you a message I was like got a new single like let's do a podcast and I did the same thing with other media outlets that have written articles about me before because then their readers already know me like they already know me yeah. and it's just you start building those relationships as a foundation you know yeah. to get more stuff, and it, so. then you also kind of got to walk that fine line because you want those those people and those followers to know what you got going on, but you obviously don't want to oversaturate yourself. Like, right. Like, especially if you're somebody that releases music continuously, like there are several musicians, like every three weeks, they got a new song coming out. That's so crazy to me. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, I mean, it's awesome, but I'm like, I could not do that. Yeah. <laughs> if, I, if it was one of those situations where they're releasing music every three weeks and it's like, oh, hey, let's have them on the podcast every three weeks. It's just right. like, at some point, it's like, all right, what do we talk about anymore? Like, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, but I uh, try to space mine out yeah. because I do like to give myself like minimum, usually more than a month, usually like a couple months to because yeah. to lay out like my plan for content and promotion. So yeah. Um, yeah, I've been trying to space it out. And I, you know, I always go for new press. Yeah. And I always have like some reach outlets, yeah. but usually it's really hard. Like oftentimes I probably need to be more persistent with it because it's, it's just, it can be hard to like reach out to new outlets. And it's, you know, sometimes if they look at your following and they're like, she doesn't have that many followers, you know, like two, I think I have like 2000 something followers and by comparison to someone that has like a hundred K. Yeah. I mean, Oh yeah, absolutely. So. You know, <laughs> I, and I completely get it. Um, so the, the plant, have you, seen any um upright or not uprise Oof, that's a very bad word to use <laughs> have, have you seen um like uh in out in california are shows starting to pick back up at all or because you're kind of in this weird lockdown but not really a lot yeah stuff is happening um okay. i my i this girl named katie ferrara i saw as she's another uh singer songwriter here i mean she's she busks a lot like she's been busking all throughout, like she goes mm. to parks and still plays. I mean, outdoor things are happening here for sure. Yeah. I don't know what the rules are about this new lockdown because they closed outdoor dining. So I don't know what that means for music, but I actually did play an outdoor gig a few weeks ago. Um, this guy has a, what he calls a music box micro stage and it's a okay. tiny little stage and he sets it up in Venice, but he has like songwriters come and play and outdoors on this little stage. And uh, I did that and it was awesome. To, it's just like so lovely to play in front of real people. Yeah. I was like nervous because I hadn't done it in so long, but it was really, I only played like three songs. Um, I was like the opening act and then there were a bunch of other performers after me, but the mm -hmm. sound was pretty good on the stage. And I mean, some people wore a mask, some weren't, yeah. but there was enough space that you could, you know, distance yourself apart. Yeah. Uh, but it, so live stuff is happening here and there. And I know there's some venues that have been doing like outdoor performances. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, this week, outdoor dining got, 
or maybe it was last week that outdoor dining got canceled. I don't know. They've like upped the restrictions again. So I don't know. I don't know what that means for live music, but I did. I think this girl, Katie, I think she was performing in Pasadena or is performing in Pasadena this month. So, and there's some wineries that are having, you know, have had outdoor performances, but again, if outdoor dining is now not acceptable, I'm not sure what that means, but stuff was happening for a bit. And yeah, yeah so I, I've, it's like I mean, you really have to scrounge and you really have to be on it and make really efforting open. if you want to play those kinds of, you know, that's your thing. I'm <coughs> sorry. <coughs> oh, it's all good. <coughs> oh, wow. <coughs> all right. Um, yeah, no, it's really good. I, it was really interesting there for a while because I think like even here in Texas now, we're still starting to get those smaller shows, like at smaller venues, at mm-hmm. maybe like an outside bar or something. Um, and like they're starting to dry up again, mainly because it's 30 degrees outside right now. And, you know. Yeah, it's cold. <laughs> so it's just kind of like, all right, things started opening up right as it got cold outside but you know they're starting to set up like my buddy sent me a a picture of a venue it was an out like they had a setup outside but everything was in a tent and the tent was closed off and i'm like what purpose does this serve (laughs) just do it inside at this point like you know it's just one of those things i know i went to an outdoor restaurant like that yeah. Yeah. I know it's weird. I, I went to an outdoor restaurant like that where it was a tent outside, but it had like walls. And I was like, what? I don't understand what the point is, yeah. but okay, if that's what's happening here. Yeah, absolutely. Was, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure yeah. everyone's, but yeah, I can't imagine living. I mean, we're pretty breath- blessed with like nice weather here. I, it was even chilly at the beach because was, this was a nighttime gig. I mean, I definitely was wearing like a puffy jacket. Yeah. I bundled up because I'm a me- wimp. And it's all relative, you know, but I mean, yeah, places where it's like 30 degrees, you can't, it's like hard. You can't even like move your hands if it's that cold to play an instrument and the instruments don't like it either. Yeah. And I mean, even in Southern California, like December, yeah, it may not be 30 degrees, but it still gets probably down in the sixties, right? Maybe. At night? Yeah, it's cold. It's like fifties, fifties, and it can even get down into the forties. I mean, you know, as you get more into the winter at night. I mean, during the day, it's like, you know, it'll get up to like sixties usually during the day. It's pretty warm. So, absolutely, you know, it it, like California. Yeah, it's nice during the days, but it still gets pretty cold at night. So, like even the outside outside gigs. Yeah, it gets chilly, especially in the desert. I mean. Yeah, there's a big temperature difference for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, wh- how outside of music? W- obviously, you got your the contortion thing that you like to do, and you're a contortionist. But what do you do for yourself? Like, what's your? How, like, I guess the best way to ask is, what are some of your hobbies? What do you do outside of? Um, so outside of those two things, I, I really love to go hiking, uh, when I can, I was, uh, you know, when the weather was a little bit warmer, I was definitely going on a lot more hikes than I was because I, I had free time all of a sudden, like normally I would be teaching a class somewhere every single day, but I did, I mean, California, like Southern California, we really have some beautiful hikes. So I went out to Malibu and I did some long hikes with a couple, like a friend, I like a friend that also likes to do like 10 mile hikes. Nice. Some of them I did by myself, um, but I love to be outside. And I was so, that was, it was kind of nice to have the opportunity to reconnect with my love for being outside and being in nature. Um, I also like to ride my bike everywhere. Uh, and that has been kind of awesome during the pandemic because normally LA is very scary and it is kind of back to being scary and having all the traffic, but like, yeah. 
I remember the first couple of weeks when everything was like shut down. I was like, this is amazing. Like for a cyclist, like for someone that likes, cause the streets are just empty and yeah. there's no one there. Yeah. Um, but I do love to ride my bike. And then I practice yoga every day. I mean, that's, I don't know if I consider that a hobby or just something that I do every day, but I mean, it's something that I yeah. really enjoy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, outside of music and contortion, those are kind of some of my main things. It's just like, I really like to get outside and be in the sunshine and, I like to go to the beach when I can. Um, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Those are the main things that I like to do. That was one of the, like you brought up like how traffic is starting to come back and, but it was like essentially gone at the beginning of the pandemic. My buddy who lives in LA called me and he was like, I don't know what to do with myself. I left for work at my normal time and I showed up 45 minutes early. Like I was like, I don't, I don't know what to say. Like, time, like, I know, you're like, well, <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I don't know what that issue feels like. I know it's crazy. I mean, it is that much of a difference. Yeah. It's amazing. Like, and I usually ride my bike everywhere. So that kind of stuff hasn't made a difference. But when I have gotten in my car to drive somewhere, it does take me like half the time that it would take on like a normal, a normal day. Yeah. Um, but it has gotten back to more, closer to what it was before because I got stuck in traffic coming back from something you know yesterday actually like I was just like it's back and it wasn't even like that bad but I was still like sitting for a little bit of time and I was like oh like the traffic I was like it's interesting that they like supposedly went into another lockdown this week but I was like it seems like people are out and about but the lockdown here is weird because it's they're still allowing like indoor businesses to be open. Yeah. And I'm like, how are they supposed to have customers if you're telling everyone to stay home? It doesn't make any sense to me at all. I just like, I, they're like, everyone stay home, but the businesses are open. And I have like, I was biking down Melrose the other day and there are all these people out and about shopping. And yeah. I was just like, this, it's, it's, yeah. So I, I think the government is really trying to do something about it. But I yeah. also think that, a lot of people have just kind of, they're tired of it all and they're, you know. Yep. I, I, yeah. I get it. it I, I completely get it. So, um, so, yeah. uh, that's, so you've got the music video planned for January and then you've got a new single coming shortly after that, roughly, or would is that hopefully like that's that is my plan is as far as releasing goes is yeah. the music video in january uh i just all i've done for this new the next song is record guitar and scratch vocals okay. and then i'm going in next week to kind of uh suss out some production ideas and uh record like the real vocals and some harmonies but yeah that's my plan is to release the music video in january and hopefully this next song um in february like towards the end of february okay awesome so maybe in march i don't know it just depends on how much space i feel like i need to leave between yeah. my releases and what i you know and when it, the it'll, song is it'll kind of be one of those things where you gotta read and look at the legs that are coming off of the music video because if it if it's still getting a lot of views after a few weeks you may want to let it sit there for a little bit before you totally with, yeah so you, you yeah know. i usually I, I don't make a big grand plan i do go release by release yeah and you know it's yeah it's like in my head in my head i definitely want to release the music video at the end of january and i think that'll be a perfect time because that will have given me almost two months between when this song is coming out um and that gives me time to get some press yep. and you know see where that goes but yeah i always play it by ear and it takes time too because once the song is finished you have to do like cover art and create content surrounding the single it's just like people don't realize like how much efforting goes into that process if you do want to have promotion around it like you can't just be like here's a song yeah go listen like people yep. want to get it you want to get them excited or you know it's and i think unless you're another unless you're an artist and you know that process yeah. Like you don't realize how, how much work and efforting and time it takes to prop like properly, you know, Remote. put something out into the yeah. world. It, it, unless you're like Beyonce or something where you could just do it. <laughs> she like can a, do whatever she wants. <laughs> you want to do a random 
Tuesday night drop at midnight and then I know. The next day it's just kind of like, oh, big news, you know, but. Right. That's not going to fly for someone like me. That would be hilarious if I did a random Tuesday night drop. I wouldn't even know what I would do. I wouldn't even know how to like go about doing that. I'd be like, I'm just going to release this song. And it's like, you put so much work into the song. Like to just, I just would feel so weird to randomly be like, here's a song. Unless you're, I know a lot of people that are able to do their own production. Yeah and that are really good and have those skills, like maybe that's something that's more feasible for them. But for myself, like I pay others to do the production because I don't have any interest in learning those skills. I don't want to track myself. Yeah. I don't want to sit in front of the computer doing I mean, all the parts. To kind of push back on that though, just learning how to communicate is like, even if you have no interest of doing it yourself, just learning some of the technical aspects of things will mm. help and make things easier in the future in the studio yeah just to kind of push back on that a little yeah bit. i mean i appreciate people that can do it though i mean because yeah. I, I i do sit there like i've watched producers and like i you know see some of the like what goes into it yeah. um and i just i think for myself i just can't envision myself like doing like doing all my own recording and production yeah because it does take a lot of time. I also know artists that sit with it for so long that they end up never releasing because they get so nitpicky about their own thing that it's like, yeah, they I never know. release and they have like all this amazing material and they'll play it for me. And I'm like, why don't you just like put it out there? And they're like, no, it's not done. And I'm like, it's never gonna be done. <laughs> oh, yeah. but I also I, I understand that too it's like you get so overly self-critical and you've got the skills yeah. oh, to yeah. tweak it to keep tweaking it so yeah. I know so yeah. many people that are like that that just kind of nitpick it, no, it's, not, yeah. it's not done yet yes it's done it's done <laughs> it is so done but yeah and I think sometimes you need to have a, like a producer or someone like tell you be like it's done like yeah. it's it's time <laughs> <laughs> and like I mean, I've I've kind of started learning how to communicate with musicians, like just doing like the live acoustic stuff that we do. It's yeah. Like uh, so, at the end of the recording, it's like, okay, how did you feel about that? Well, I missed this, and I missed this, and it's like, okay, well, is this like like I'm not coming up with any specific examples? Is this thing that you missed? big enough that you're going to sit there and bitch and moan about it every time you listen right and nine times out of ten it's the usual answer is no honestly if i listen to it i probably won't even pick it up and it's like yeah. okay then we can move on but right if, and you if, have to recognize yeah and i think too for a lot like most people yeah. don't notice that kind of stuff it's yeah. usually just the artists themselves that are like Oh God, like nitpick this. And also if it's your original song, like yeah. sometimes if you just play through your mistake, like no one ever knows because it's your song. Yeah, absolutely, so. absolutely, absolutely. I didn't, I learned that like from other people telling me though, cause I used to do that. I used to be the worst performer. Like if I made a mistake, I'd be like, oh my God, you guys, I'm so sorry that I made it. And I would like describe what I did. And then, and then yeah, in retrospect, I'm like, why did I talk about that? But you, when you're a new performer, you don't yeah. know, like when you're new to it all, like, and you yeah. make a mistake, you just get so hard on yourself. And sometimes it helps you to just like, tell everyone what you did wrong. Well, I mean, there is a time and a place to do that. Like if it's like a huge pause or, you hit a dead note or something yeah then yes you probably need to address it start over or pick it back up yeah. or whatever but yeah. if it's like an original song and oh i missed missed a section but it transitions nicely yeah just keep yeah going. no i think you're, you're no i think you're right it's okay to like apologize sometimes yeah. and yeah it depends on the situation for sure but i definitely had some times where i did not need to be telling them what I had done wrong. Like I could have just moved on because they probably didn't even know. Absolutely. And then I was pointing out that I was making mistakes. <laughs> so it looks unprofessional. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, she's making mistakes. Did she rehearse? I know. Now I'm going to listen much more carefully. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, what's she going to do next? 
Yeah, and they're sitting there trying to listen for stuff they're never going to be able to find. (laughs) I know. Uh, Find her imperfections. Yeah, yeah. I know. So as we kind of start uh, walking towards the end of the uh, podcast here, you are roughly little over two days. Yeah, two days, three days. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure that out. Um, what, what's what's kind of going through your head right now? Like as you're walking up to the finish line of the release of your newest single? I think I'm always I'm always most anxious about how people are going to receive the song. <laughs> like you're always curious to see, you know, I and I'm also I'm also trying to decide whether or not to pay for playlisting again, mm. which I have done in the past. Um, and it has really bumped up my Spotify following, or if I'm going to work through, I found a couple of websites where you can do it for free, like submit, but I do think that that kind of stuff can help you. Um, I've been trying to promote like getting people to pre-save it. So I think I'm always just anxious to see like, who's going to list, like, are people actually going to listen to it? How is it going to be received? Um, you know, and I do have a bunch of, I have like a few press articles coming out. Like I have a premiere and buzz music. I'm doing something with buzz music as well. So I'm like, I'm just anticipating, I just anticipating like the release day and like what, you know, like read, cause I don't get to read the articles either until they come out that day. Um, so I think that's always, I think before I release, I'm always like, how is it going to be received? Are people going to like it? Are people going to, you know, like share it with others? Um, And it's just, it's always a big push, like when it comes out. And I don't know, I've never been one to try to like send messages and really harass, like I hate using the word harass, but like harass people to like listen to your song, even other songwriters. But I get messages like that sometimes. And sometimes I'll get them from a random, I was actually talking to another writer recently. We're like, yeah, why do people do that? Like you send a message to just a random person that you find on Instagram and you're like, listen to my song and I'll listen to yours, but you've never met them in real life. Like, you know, like that bothers me personally when people do that to me. So like, I don't ever do that to art, like other artists. I only would send like a message to someone that I've met in real life. But that's also something that's going through my brain right now is I'm like, okay, do I need to like, should I start like, you know, message bombing people on Friday or should I just let it ride? Because usually I don't do that. I try not to like send too many messages. I'll send it to like a couple of groups here and there. And it's like, if people are interested, they'll listen. But, but I also know that maybe people get more plays by being more like, oh, listen to my song. It's so great. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. It's a learning experience. So those are all of the things that are kind of like rolling through my head as I approach any release. Um, That's kind of the interesting thing. As long as you don't, you're not a constant message bomber. You know, I think I'm not. I usually don't. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm like, maybe I should for this song. Yeah. I don't. It's just one of those things where it's like, if it's not like, if I'm more likely to look and pay attention to what you're telling me if it's something that's kind of out of the blue but if you're somebody that messages me on Facebook and it's like I mean I'm very guilty of spamming as well like let's be serious I've done it I'm sorry but I never did it to the point where it was like once a week yeah so you know it's one of those things where it's like if for me personally if I see a message come across just out of the blue, I'm more likely to look at it and say, Hey, cool. You know, whatever. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, first off, I want to thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I'm really no, excited. I appreciate you having me. Thank I, you. You know, and I'm really excited to listen to the new single. I'm excited to see the music video in January. You know, it, so I'm really excited. I'm really glad that we linked up back in was it September? I think maybe that's yeah, right. I yeah, like, through I, yeah, I guess yeah, yeah. I, so, well, it was like September or maybe even August. I don't because my last single I think came out in September. And I think I connected with you through uh, B squared management uh, prior to that. So absolutely. Yeah, that that sounds right. So um, where can everybody find your music? Where can they find you online? You know, all that. 
all that good stuff. Um, so my music is on all the streaming platforms. I use DistroKid to distribute. So it would be on uh, Apple Music, iTunes, Spotify, pretty much any streaming platform. If you look up, sometimes you have to look up Lyra Star music mm -hmm. for some reason. But I, when Spotify, if you just search Lyra Star, it usually pops up first thing, but it's L-Y-R-A-S-T-A-R. -A -A so that's on all the streaming platforms to hear my music. I have a YouTube channel. If you just look up Lyra Star music on YouTube or even Lyra Star, it's funny because usually it'll be like a constellation that'll pop yeah. up and then like my music video will be there too. Uh, and then on all of the socials, my handle is Lyra Star Music. So on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, I have a TikTok account too. Um, and those are all are Lyra you, Star Music. How are you liking TikTok? So I have a TikTok story. I know we're about to wrap up, but I got, my account got banned because I had one video that I post. So my TikTok account started and I didn't have that many. I still don't have that many videos, but like... Sure. I had maybe like 200 something followers, like not that many. And then this, this one video I posted went crazy. It has over half a million views and it's a 15 second video with my original song, one from my album, but nice. I'm doing it in portion pose. And I'm like, hi, and it's 15 seconds. I'm like, hi, and I like point and there's text, you know, cause it's a TikTok style. And I'm like, I'm a contortionist. I'm like, I'm also a singer songwriter. This is my original song. And it blew up and my account went from having like 200 followers to 10K in like a very short amount of time. And a matter of like a few days. And I think what happened, at first I thought it was because they thought that my videos were suggestive because you yeah. can't post any like new, and I have nothing, there's no yeah. nothing suggest. My videos are cute, but I think sometimes if your crotch is in the shot and you're in like a chest stand with contortionists, like it'll get flagged. Cause I had a couple of videos like flagged for adult nudity and I was yeah. just like appealed them. And I was like, there's nothing wrong. But my account got fully banned all of a sudden it was gone and I couldn't see any of my videos. I was locked out and I was sending them all these messages. I was like, it's not my videos. And then my friend sent me an article about it's a huge violation of their community guidelines to buy followers. And they have a combination of humans and robots that will flag accounts if they think that suspicious activity is going on. And I think they thought that I was paying for followers and likes because it ah. jumped from nothing to like huge. Yeah. I have no other following. Like I have 18K followers now on TikTok. It's so crazy. I don't have that on any of my other social media accounts, but for whatever reason, people really are enjoying my videos. And if it's getting them to listen to my music, great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so my account got banned and I thought it wasn't coming back and then I was gonna have to start from scratch. And then I finally wrote them a message and I was like, my friend sent me this article. I can assure you, like I've never purchased followers. If I need to send you bank, bank statements, I will. Like I can screenshot them to show you that I've never bought. And then they restored my account. Yeah. They're like, oh, we found that nothing's wrong with your account actually. And I was like, thank you. Uh -huh. So, uh, yeah, so the TikTok has actually been very useful for me as an artist. Um, I think, you know, for some people it's like not helpful, but then for me it has been helpful. Yeah. So, and it, it, it all depends on like what you want to do with it as well. Totally. So, yeah. But once again, thank you so much for jumping on. I really appreciate it. You know, it, it's always exciting to sit down and reconnect music, you know, talk music, all that fun stuff. But yes. Uh, once again, thank you for joining us. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Before we call it a day, I do want to shout out West T Base. Thank you for your donation, man. Really appreciate it. And I'm sure the Children's Miracle Network appreciates it as well. That being said, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And we will catch you guys later. Thank you. Cool. We are good. Great. Whew, People good. can listen to